This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Logan Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to this show. I always appreciate it. Minnesota Wild, shorthanded, injured, sick, this, that. And they go 2-0 against Boston and Washington. Well, all right. That was, uh, yeah. I, I'm i very impressed. That was extremely good. Uh, yeah, I took a little luck in the Washington game. I suppose a, a puck that kind of goes basically the full length of the ice uh, while, while a penalty was being called on us. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. And obviously there was, <laughs> there was nobody in net because they knew there was going to be a they, they uh, watched and figured they could have a man advantage because there was a penalty called in Minnesota. And, yeah, the puck just happened to be sliding down the ice off of Hartman's stick, who the penalty was called on, and went in the net. That's pretty cool. It's just funny. And then, obviously, he had to go in the... Him being Hartman had to go into the penalty box immediately after the goal. I've never seen that happen before. I don't think anybody has. That was pretty funny. Um, and Ovechkin was just kind of standing there staring at it from, you know, because he was like way back on the other side of the, uh, you know, the other side, like cross ice, so to speak, from where the puck was released. And was just kind of staring like, okay, no, that's not going to be a goal. And then, you know, that's, that's not legal. And yeah, I, I guess it was. I guess so. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and I'm talking about the second game. And there's always, there's like a million other things to talk about. But yeah, well, I guess I got that part out of the way. Kapo Kakinen, wow, showed up very nicely during the course of this, <laughs> during the, the, the two games, and he's been good during the whole of uh, 2022, and in fact, he's really been good since October, has Kapo Kakinen, been very impressed, Kirill Kaprizov with the cheap shot uh, injury from, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, that was extremely upsetting, that was on January the 6th, a day that will, will be, <laughs> a day that will be remembered in infamy, uh, infamy. Frederick, infamy for the Minnesota Wild anyway, but looks like maybe Kirill Kaprizov is going to play as soon as tonight. I, I, okay. Uh, wow. Uh, Superman, I guess. I guess he's Superman, but Trent Frederick, obviously really a cheap uh, penalty. Boarding Kirill Kaprizov in a vulnerable position. A lot of people are getting tired and frustrated with that kind of stuff because it just keeps happening. And it's just ironic how, obviously, uh, Jules Erickson neck with the injury, but apparently he's on the mend. He's on the way back pretty soon as well. So, good news. The Wild escape Boston, of all places. The Wild almost never win there. Uh, again, you know, like Mike Yo's last game he ever coached was there. The Wild absolutely never beat Washington. Never. I remember the North Stars used to way back in the back in the early 90s. 
you know, when I first started becoming a full-time sports fan. I could have become a full-time sports fan in the late 80s, but I just didn't, and I wish I did. I'm regretting that, like, my whole life to this day. I still regret that. Uh, but that's how life goes. Uh, but I remember the North Stars having a, you know, they, they'd always seem to beat Washington. We'd, uh, we'd, we'd beat Detroit in the regular season, but in the playoffs, that was a different story. It was weird. Uh, and yeah, well, you know, Detroit obviously got a hell of a lot better right after that. <clears throat> and I mean, way better. <sighs> Boy, but obviously that was a, a massive cheap shot, but it looks like the Wild and Kirill Kaprizov may have lucked out in this one. I'm stunned. Absolutely stunned. Very happy with that victory for Minnesota. A 3-2 win over the Boston Bruins. And in both games, both clubs, both opponents scored fairly early in the game, making us feel like, yeah, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. It's in Boston. We're going to lose. It's the Capitals. We're going to lose. Especially the Wild went, up to, uh, went down to nothing to the Capitals before the miracle goal. Kirill Kaprizov with the one-timer off a beautiful Zuccarello pass. And again, Kevin Fiala together. That is a nice group. That is, isn't that a cool group, Kevin Fiala on the point? Zuccarello with a beautiful pass over to Kaprizov with the one-timer on the power play. The Wild scored two power play goals in the game including uh, Nico Sturm, who actually tipped it in on the Jonas Burdine shot, and Connor DeWeer was the one who uh, kicked it out to uh, kick the puck out to Jonas Burdine for his first NHL point. A lot of people believe Connor DeWeer has a similar game to Jules Eriksson-Eck, so that's kind of exciting to, to think about. Uh, guys like Michael Russo and Judd Zilgad and such, they really like Connor DeWeer, and I like him too, because he can kind of do a bit of everything. That's where Connor DeWeer's value is. Obviously, seeing him in Iowa off and on during the course of the past couple of years here since he got to the uh, the AHL, excuse me, uh, out of the uh, Canadian juniors and such. Uh, Connor DeWeer has become a pretty nice professional hockey player in the AHL, and now a lot of people do believe he could translate to the National Hockey League, and especially as we have the uh, cap salary cap hell taking over as soon as next season. Guys, that Connor DeWeer's value goes up to the moon. Because obviously, you know, he's on the rookie scale. You know, he's not going to cost a ton of money. Nico Sturm, same thing. The Wild made a free agent signing as well this week. We'll talk about it. Free agent on the team, of course. Uh, an extension. We'll talk about that very shortly. But guys like Nico Sturm, Connor DeWare are going to help, you know, <laughs> definitely fill, fill roles during the course of the next few years. And, of course, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll go on a miracle run and go all the way with guys like that. It's humanly possible, I suppose. It's not impossible because you have a lot of stars on the team that are making money, like Jonas Burdine and Zuccarillo's, you know, become worth every penny compared to what he was a few years ago during his first season because we didn't realize his wrist injury was still, you know, <laughs> was still a huge issue. Obviously, the uh, rotation of your wrist and your and your arm is a huge problem. You know, when, you, when your skill is passing the puck to the level of Matt Zuccarillo does, I mean, if it's off even by like a degree or whatever, it's not going to be the same. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, again, obviously, Wild dodging a massive bullet there. That's Frederick tried to screw us good. Matt, Matthew Boldy, <clears throat> that's the thing. You know, it's like you don't want to see Kirill Kaprizov's injury uh, cast a shadow over what Matt Boldy did. Had a hell of a game, his NHL debut, as did our buddy Marco Rossi, who we were all just begging for. Please draft Marco Rossi. Please, please take Marco Rossi, please. Oh, please, slip, slip to ninth. And if he does, I mean, that's like a no-brainer, right? And that's pretty much what uh, Judd Brackett was telling, <laughs> was, was was saying behind the scenes in the war room with Bill Guerin. Yeah, he's a killer. Like, that's a guaranteed draft pick if, if, if he actually does slide to us. Thank you, Buffalo. Thank you, New Jersey. 
<laughs> even Detroit and Ottawa, who I thought could easily have taken, especially Ottawa, because, heck, he was on the Ottawa 67s. It's like, yeah, you know, he, he was in the local junior club. You know, come on, Marco Rossi comes to the Ottawa Senators. Doesn't You know, the, the colors won't even have to change. Uh, thankfully, Marco Rossi comes to Minnesota. He had a nice little pickpocket of uh, Charlie Coyle with the back check. It was pretty impressive. Uh, and he actually set up an excellent scoring chance within literally seconds. I mean, it was like uh, like a split second. Set up Matt Zuccarillo for what was a legitimate scoring chance. But again, nice stop by the Boston goaltender of Jeremy Swayman, who had a pretty good game, obviously. Uh, three three goals against on 30 shots. That's not bad. You know, 90% save percentage. It's not the best game he ever had. Kyle Kakinen was under fire the whole night because Boston's good. You know, they're, they're good, obviously. Charlie Coyle only two shots on that. And it's just ironic again. It's just funny when you consider <laughs> Charlie Coyle was pickpocketed by Marco Rossi the way he was. I thought that was fun, fun and awesome. And, you know, and it makes you feel good as well because, you know, Charlie Coyle was disappointing here. And he was pretty, he's been pretty solid with Boston. He's filling the role a bit better because that was a more, you know, it's a more star-laden club than Minnesota was when Charlie Coyle was here. Now, we have a few more stars, at least a few, which feels damn good. And now maybe even more and more if Rossi and Boldy continue to emerge. Boldy was good the entire night, looked comfortable, looked like he fits in the National Hockey League. He looks like he needs to stay in the National Hockey League. A lot like a six-inch snowfall by December 7th. It, it's going to stay, right? At least I would hope so <laughs> around these parts. A seven-inch snowfall, six-inch snowfall is going to stick around the rest of the winter. I got to think Matt Boldy has got to stick around in the NHL from here on. Um, he's ready. Uh, and apparently he was the last guy. I believe I talked about this on last uh, the last episode. He was the last guy in the top 20 to get an NHL game anyway. So it's like, well, I guess he's kind of late compared to other guys. So it's one thing to let people, you know, cook, as they say, let them develop in the American Hockey League. You might want to do that with Marco Rossi still just because. But he's, he certainly seems to fit the part so far. Uh, he's not been winning face-offs. He was three of, he was three of nine. So basically, three wins, six losses in Boston, but everybody sucked in that game except Connor DeWare, one and one. <laughs> Nico Sturm, nine eleven. You know the the losses being higher, of course. Ryan Hartman lost seventeen and one eleven. You know, so Wild sucked in the face off the whole night, but still ended up still ended up being okay with a one goal victory. Patrice Bergeron's like about as good a face off guys are going to get, and he's just he's probably pound for pound the best center in the league other than you know like the superstars he's the best intangible center in the league in in a lot of ways intangible obviously you got Connor mcdavid you got leon drysdale of course they're superstars they're the best players in the league but like an intangible player uh you know patrice bergeron's one of the best and that's why uh, mr bill Guerin loves him so much and i don't disagree eric Halla had an assist in the game nine wins four <laughs> four losses in the face of i just thought that would be funny it's just funny to see him beating us in the face-off circle. But he was decent when he was here. And, of course, Nick Foligno, older brother of our friend uh, Marcus, who I thought I actually thought he scored the goal from, uh, but it ended up being, yep, it was Nico Sturm. They were all in the vicinity there. Nico Sturm ended up redirecting uh, Bradeen's shot, which ended up uh, getting the wild up 2-1 to one over Boston, which had me just dancing on the clouds. And then again, Matt Boldy with a, ni- a nice finish on a very good uh, Foligno play. Cross-ice pass, as they say. Cross-ice pass. <laughs> and Matt Boldy with a really nice release and good good play. You know, just looks like an NHL player who can score. Uh, you know, he can score at every level. And 
he can be in any situation, particularly the power play, but I think he could be in penalty kill too. I think he's talented enough, but preferably the power play, of course. We've got other guys who are penalty kill specialists out there that can fill that role. Don't want to overuse the kid, of course, uh, but again, hell of a game and great debut. So now we try to quickly move on to our arch nemesis in a lot of ways. Not our arch rival, but arch nemesis Washington, who always cut crushes us. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ovechkin, and of course, no Kirill Kaprizov against one of his heroes, uh, Alex Ovechkin, and that's just a damn, damn shame. Alex Ovechkin did get a point, but he did not score a goal. It's like, it feels like eternity uh, since Ovechkin has not scored a goal against Minnesota. Of course, it feels like eternity since we played Washington as well, because we're talking about two years now. Victor Rask, it's a, is it an ode to Victor Rask? And uh, it is an ode to Rem Pitlick. Rem Pitlick will not be back on Minnesota. Victor Rask was put on waivers after the game. Rem Pitlick put on waivers just a couple of days ago, several days after the uh, the uh, Washington game and what would have been the, uh, after the uh, Canadian games here. And he will be picked up by the Montreal Canadiens. Rem Pitlick will be a Montreal Canadian, unfortunately. Uh, what a bummer. I really, you know, and of course, again, the, obviously Minnesota ties and Lance Pitlick. And damn it, I like Rem Pitlick a lot. But... Maybe it is what it is, the roster spots and such. You don't want to have him riding in the AHL, financials this and financial that. It's just, damn it. You know, it sucks to see him go. I, I, I like uh, Rem Pitlick. A lot of you that were thinking, oh, why'd you get Rem Pitlick? How do we want Matt Boldy up here? Well, Boldy was hurt for one. And also, Pitlick can play. I love Pitlick on the Gophers. And I every single night I watched Rem Pitlick play for the Gophers, I was like, man, I wish he was... I wish he was in our uh, grapevine. I, I wish he was like a third-round pick for the Minnesota Wild. And then it's like, oh, I guess he is now. Well, he's a Montreal Canadian, so Canadian, pardon me. And that sucks, uh, again, but a lot of players. There were a lot of odd faces in this game, obviously, because of the injuries. But some of those quote-unquote odd faces will hopefully be permanent. Matt Boldy especially, uh, to name at least one. Kyle Rao, obviously, again, one of those quad-A players who, who can, you know, he can, he can... He, he's a guy who would who would get significant ice time on an expansion team, and I'm not saying that to be a jerk. It's just he's good enough to be in the NHL, but that's about it. You know, kind of like quad A type of guy. Maybe he could have a little run here and there, but generally speaking, he's not a guy you'd want on a regular, you know, on a com on a fairly competitive NHL roster necessarily. Depending on how deep you are, I guess. Uh, again, no offense to anybody. Dakota Dakota Mermis, I see him the same way. You know, kind of quad A, really good uh, minor league player. But NHL, I don't think so. Just maybe like emergency here and there, cups of coffee like he's having now. Uh, obviously, it was Brodeen with a broken bone in his hand, so that just sucks. He's out about a month. <sighs> Damn it, anyway, you know, it's <laughs> just one thing after another. Uh, off the mic, me and Derek Fels got a convers were conversating about what happened to uh, Nick Bukestad. He came up with a very likely theory, which it's not even a theory, a very likely possibility that it was probably a broken finger. Because, like, when you're swinging a stick around willy-nilly, like you're frustrated, you might hit somebody's finger, and that's probably what happened. Broken finger, probably. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because um, I know I've hit people's fingers accidentally, like, swinging sticks around outside. You know, not, not necessarily hockey sticks, just like as a kid or a teenager or a young adult. Just like, ah, rah, you know, just kind of swinging around like a goofball, and then I hit their finger. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but luckily I didn't injure them too bad. They didn't get it didn't break or anything. But generally speaking, the Washington game, you had a feeling early like this. Eh, we're we're gonna lose. This is gonna suck. And then Fakale was was like stopping everything. 
man, come on. He was, like, stopping everything, and we only mustered 22 shots in the game, and it got to be less and less as the game progressed. But generally speaking, again, it just felt like Washington had us. And then you had the miracle goal, which, which changed everything after being down 2 to nothing. Uh, <laughs> it felt so good. I guess now the the goal went to Marcus Foligno. It was Hartman, and then it went to Foligno. Okay, but you know, so Foligno wins, wins up being credited to his 14th goal. Yep, I remember now. I'm blanking. It was Hartman, and it wound up being Foligno. Yeah, of course, unassisted. <laughs> A weird goal like that <laughs> winds up going in at the Wild <laughs> right about the midpoint of the game, make it a 2-1 to one game or in it. Zuccarillo, a very magic, it's like the magic bullet, you know, like people talk about with John F. Kennedy and all that. It was like a magic bullet type of a shot from Matt Zuccarillo, the way it changed direction and the way it bounced right through this and right through that and went in with about 35 seconds remaining in the game. And, oh, my, you could just see the deflated look on Washington. Like, you've got to be kidding me. How? How is this happening? We, we, we had this game in our, you know, we had this game in the bag. We outplayed them all night. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes miracles happen, and we, we, we got to take it. <laughs> we got to take it. Luckily, went to over, uh, luckily, it was able to get to overtime. <laughs> Skakin took a huge risk with a uh, very aggressive, we'll say, poke check late in the game with Ovechkin very, very close by. It was on Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson had the puck and Kakinen with, again, seven about seven seconds remaining in the game. Came way out of the net, past the face-off circle, in the in the wild zone, of course. Not, yeah, not center ice <laughs> or the neutral zone or anything crazy like that. He'd probably get, he'd probably get benched for, like, forever if he did something like that. But, uh, obviously, came out and poked, poked the puck out of Tom Wilson, was able to get back in time. Uh, he was. He, he, it was like a. It was a save slash poke check. It was more of a save actually, but you know I can. You know you can consider it poke check or save. It was. It was crazy. Like that was weird. But it was a dangerous situation either way. Because if Tom Wilson had too much space, well, the next thing you know, Washington might win that game right there at the. You know, like as a basic as a virtual walk off. Luckily that didn't happen. And man, went to overtime. The Wilds would get their chances. So Cal made some great saves. Kakinen, multiple saves that could have had that needed to be made. Those, those saves that are you know they're they're tough saves where the, a guy has a good angle and a lot of space and a good shot. You know that Devin Dubnik in the past would not make at times. And Alex Stalock would not make those saves at times. No offense, love Alex Stalock, but you know I mean uh, well, quad A, quad A. I mean that's that's you know I'm I'm sorry, but that's kind of about it, or just career backup type of thing. Um, but wonderful energy in the locker room, no question. <laughs> a lot better than some of the other guys we used to have in the locker room. <laughs> but uh, I think you know who I mean. But generally speaking, uh, Kakanen made the saves that needed to be made. And, you know, that's how you win hockey games when you have a goalie like that. That can make those type of saves that need to be made. Talbot does that at a fairly high level. But Kakanen has has the better numbers this year. And I know stats are for losers and all that, but at the same time, are they, though? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he did great. I think Kakanen had a fantastic uh, couple games. I think he made the saves he needed to make, because it's not just stats. Those are high-quality saves, high-quality score chances, scoring chances, pardon me, that were stopped by Kapo Kakanen. Uh, so far this year, 2.51 goals against average. On the season, no shutout, save percentage, 9 one, five. But obviously, during the course of uh, 
January. So far, less than two goals a game, and save percentage about 93 and a half. He's just been, he's he's been outstanding. And then again, that's again with no shutout to bloat the numbers. Overall, again, and he was fantastic in the shootout. Made the stops he needed to. No goals given up in the shootout. We all know shootouts are fluky. You could have guys that, you know, don't even belong in the NHL, make spectacular shootout goals. But, you know, like the Eric Christensen's of the past. But hell of a game, hell of a week uh, by Minnesota. Able to survive, unfortunately, no Canadian games for the Minnesota Wild, which is a bummer. I'd like to see the Wild play in Canada. Hopefully very soon that happens. Looking forward to that. It could have been Winnipeg and Edmonton. It's like, okay, we're going to play Winnipeg and Edmonton. No, we're not. Crap, those are canceled. Or postponed, pardon me. So we'll have to wait and see. Minnesota will be playing only two games again. Another break. Another three-day three day break that we don't need. And next week is a three-day break. Maybe maybe they can put in some of the some of the postponed games. Like, mix it in the middle there. Like, the 19th, I think, should have a game. The 26th should have a game. Uh, and obviously you have the February, you know, multi-week off situation, which was going to be the Olympic break. That's going to fill a lot of NHL games. We'll see how busy it gets. I wish we could put in, like, a game on the 19th. That would be next Wednesday, and then the 26th, the Wednesday after that. Because those are three days off. It could be just game off, game off. That, that That's that's totally fine. Then it's like four games a week, three or four games a week. That's how it should be instead of only two. So Anaheim and Colorado, that's a tough couple of, couple of teams as well. Anaheim's good again. And Colorado is always good. <laughs> well, not always, but they've been good lately. Extremely good for last several years now. Uh, occasionally, they're de- occasionally they fall apart, but they still have had a ton of talent on the roster. Regardless. The Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode. Let's see if there's other stuff I should get to first. Yep, I was just kind of saying, are we finally done with long breaks? I hope so. I talked about Rampit. Like, I just want to make sure I get to the, all the notes here. Oh, yes, Fiala. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, the whole Fiala situation. He had three penalties in less than five minutes in the Washington game in the second period. He was benched, and he told Everson that he would support his team regardless, his teammates regardless. Dean then put him back in, and Fiala made key plays down the stretch that led to the surprising victory, and, of course, a spectacular shootout goal like he's, like he's more than capable of doing on a regular basis. Just that puck handling and the release in his shot is... He's a, he's a star. He's a star player in the NHL. I'd love to keep him if we can. I, I really would. Uh, he's, he's showing maturity and leadership to a point where, at very least, somebody gets injured or traded away. I think Kevin Fiala could be an alternate captain someday. I think so. Uh, some people might look at, think, uh, look at that, especially like a year ago or so, and be like, really? Yeah, I think Kevin Fiala could be an alternate captain. If Matt Dumba can be, Kevin Fiala can be. Because, I mean, people were looking at Matt Dumba that way, too, not that long ago. Like, ah, he's not mature enough. He's kind of crazy. He makes mistakes. Well, Fiala, showing some maturity and actually a little bit of leadership as well, isn't he? I think he could be an alternate captain someday, and I'd like to keep him. Huge thing. And then Jacques LaFontaine, not Wild-related, but Minnesota hockey-related. Kind of a uh, Bush League move by the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. For a guy that's maybe going to make it to the NHL. I don't know. He's a great college goalie. He's already 24 years old, like almost like a, like Kakinen's age here, just about. Uh, valuable, valuable piece for the Gophers who just swept Michigan State, by the way, on the road. That's pretty impressive. You know, regardless of if Michigan State is good or not, it's not easy to win road games in Michigan or Michigan State for Gophers history. Um, gets plucked away by the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, he at least gets at least $80,000, if not more, to play in the minor league system if not an emergency call-up, because they're short of goalies right now. But, you know, it's a, gentleman, it's a gentleman's 
agreement that professional teams don't do that to college teams. Just like, oh, sorry, we're taking him. And they just kind of up and did that because that's that's tough for the Gophers because LaFontaine is an extremely valuable piece. So I'm not too happy about that. I'm sure I can't imagine how Bob Moscow and the coaching staff is like, seriously? Like, really? You're going to do that to us? That'd be like, oh, Capo Kakinen, yeah, you're, you're coming to the KHL. Like, imagine if the KHL was like, you know, imagine if the KHL had like billions of dollars, whatever. Yeah, you're, you're coming, Capo. Yep, sorry. You know, it'd be like that. That'd be kind of mean, and that's kind of mean what the Hurricanes did. Uh, that will empty the notebook or note page or whatever you'd like to say. But the uh, Mike Madonna Award winner for this week, can you guess who it is? Capo Kakinen. Capo Kakinen making the big saves he needed to make. Kevin Fiala, honorable mention for his leadership and, uh, you know, making up for the penalties that could have could have killed us, <laughs> obviously, against its very dangerous Washington club. Uh, I Very cool. Very awesome. The uh, James Shepard Memorial for this week. Carolina Hurricanes, damn it. <laughs> Nobody really upset me too much. Just kind of like the injury bug. Is it? Maybe we'll just call him Frederick of the Boston Bruins. It's, you know, sometimes there's obvious players that were out there that were disappointing and all that, but then you get another situation where nobody really was was this was that disappointing. Maybe like Brandon DeHame, he's been he's not been as involved as he was earlier in the season. You know, Greenway's kind of gotten quiet again. It's stuff like that. Those are like honorable mentions for it. Connor DeWer, only one point in six games. What the hell? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that's kind of it. It's just kind of a committee thing this week with the James Shepard Memorial. Oh, one final thought for uh, Victor Rask from Michael Russo. I mean, you, you, Victor Rask is not part of the future of this franchise. He was placed on waivers today, not just to get cap space and roster space. It's because he stinks. He's been playing terrible. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I, I had to put it in there. I thought that was one of the funniest sound bites I've ever heard. Thank you, Michael Russo, for that one. That was hilarious. With that, we'll take a quick break and preview the two games and look at the prospects. or segment two, segment number two. Anaheim Clucks, the Anaheim Schmucks, the Anaheim Ducks. February, no, not February, January 14th, only one month away. You better get ready, guys. You better get ready. Humbug. Anyhow, yes, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm what I am. John Gibson, COVID protocol as of, as of Jan 6th, so we'll see. We'll see. We all know how the rules are all over the place with the, uh, this and that. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, Brendan DeHame has had COVID protocol as well. That's another reason. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, he had that. But he hadn't been involved for quite a while. Uh, Jonas Berdeen, broken bone in his hand, apparently. Alex Golikowski. COVID protocol. COVID, co, 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 COVID protocol. John Gibson. COVID protocol. Uh, Hempus Lindholm. COVID pro- protocol. Sam Carrick. COVID protocol for the Clucks, who are having a pretty good year. Minnesota's 2-0 versus the Ducks and have won the season series because there's only three games and we will host the rubber match January the 14th 
which sounds like tomorrow night, actually. Yes, that would be Friday night. The Anaheim Ducks, 2-2 two and two in their last five. The Detroit game on Jan 6th was, was postponed. Sorry, Jan 4th, a win over Philly. Chuck Fletcher is Suck Fletcher, I think. That might be his new nickname, because I've been comparing the now-fired Rick Spielman of the Minnesota Vikings to Chuck Fletcher. He'd hit on some, you know, he'd hit on some, and he'd lose on some. He'd hit on some, and he'd lose on some. He'd hit. And it's just like, and and you, there was never, there was, he'd never make, he would never get that big pick. He'd never, and he'd never move up. He'd never get the, and if he did, it would be like nothing, basically a tiny move up, or he'd, and he'd overcompensate for a guy who just wasn't that good. <sighs> man, yeah, good isn't good enough, that kind of thing. That was Spielman, that was Chuck Fletcher, or Suck Fletcher. Uh, Suck Fletcher lost to the Anaheim Ducks, 4-1, to one, and I'm sorry, that's disrespectful, isn't it? 4-1 to one to the Philadelphia Flyers, victory by Anaheim. 4-1 uh, to one loss to the New York Rangers, 4-3 to three win versus Detroit on Jan the 9th, so just kind of turn the number around, and they played Detroit again, I guess. Cool. Uh, January 11th, a 4-1 to one loss to the vaunted, talented, Pittsburgh Penguins, who stayed up hoppy, Scott loves very, very, very much. I, so, But the question does become, which one actually is your favorite game? I know Pittsburgh was your first love because the North Stars were gone and the Wild didn't exist yet. So, Scott, if you happen to be listening out of the soda pod, is it Minnesota? I, I'm guessing it is, right? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> it's kind of both, right? Maybe a little uh, torn between two lovers a bit. Uh, sometimes I'm that way with, like, I, I've always loved the Calgary Flames, you know. I, I just, I liked them way back in, the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. Hartford Whalers, loved them to death, and then they moved to Carolina. Cool nickname, but it's kind of weird. North Carolina hockey, it's not the same, of course. Uh, those are my those are my non-Minnesota clubs, to be quite honest. Calgary and Hartford, Hartford. You know, and then I've, you know, I just kind of have a, and I've had a tendency to like Boston teams forever. And, of course, uh, at Tampa Bay Lightning, there's just a big, big respect for them, how, how great they've been uh, as a franchise pretty much since coming in the league. They've been one of the overachievers out there. Okay, let's get to where I need to be. Uh, Anaheim has a good record and everything, but a lot of their stats are kind of meh, and they have dropped off a bit. They have, they're not as good as they were earlier in the season. Still second place in a Pacific division that is ruled by the Vegas Golden Knights. It is their division. It is their division, if you like it or not. 19, 13, and 7, yes, and yes, they like the Vegas Golden Knights too. But a little bit less, but a little bit less now because of last year's playoff uh, series. That was pretty, pretty uh, emotional stuff. 19, 13, and 7, 7 uh, overtime slash shootout losses for the Ducks. Hopefully the Wild can uh, take care of that. The Wild did get one of those seven over Anaheim in an overtime victory. Dumba's had some good games against Anaheim, and I think he's going to be the most likely guy to score. I like the Wild's chances versus Anaheim. I like the, the the energy with Minnesota right now. And you might even see Kirill Kaprizov back. Um, my my friends behind the scenes, I, w- I won't name names, are like, there's no way. You know, there's no way he's coming back. And I agreed with that. How, how could he possibly come back? But I guess he is. I guess. And, of course, the uh, amount of time off helped as well. Not just for the sake of, uh, well, it he- you know, the healing and all that. But, of course, again, eligibility as well. So... You know, when you put guys on IR and such. Um, impressive thought, though. But uh, he's practicing, him being Kirill, the thrill, is practicing. Anaheim's kind of middle of the road in a lot of things except penalty kill and power play. They're fantastic on special teams. Goals, they're 12th. Goals against their 17th. Gibson's not had a very good year. He's had good moments, 
But there's a reason why he was a free agent, and I was able to scoop him up in fantasy hockey to be my second or third goalie, depending on how you think of Fleury or <coughs> Vasilevsky. I'm super lucky with that one. Number one goalie, pretty much. But they're middle of the road in a lot of categories, against and for and all that. But power play, they're fifth. Penalty kill, third. Outstanding. Minnesota's not good in... Uh, in uh, <laughs> Minnesota's not been good in special teams. Penalty kill was the worst in the league for a while. Now it's 17th, so we've, we've moved way up to the middle, which is nice. Power play are kind of sucking at 24th, despite getting multiple power play goals versus the uh, Boston Bruins. I always like to talk of the accent of the city, Nashville and Boston and Dallas and <laughs> stuff like that. There are certain cities I can't say, I can't put too much. Florida, I always put a New York accent because of all those uh, old rich New Yorkers that moved to Florida. Florida. We're coming from Florida. Yeah, sure, you're coming from Florida. <laughs> you just live there, that's all. The Minnesota Wild should be able to beat the Anaheim Ducks, I believe. Obviously, there's it's a talented, well, it's a team that plays well together. Stellars is a very, very good goalie. Uh, he was good against Minnesota. Uh, obviously, he's, he's not a star, but he's a really good backup. At the very least, he's so many people might trade for. He's having a great season. A couple of shutouts, save percentage, 93. 93. That's not easy to do. John Gibson, you know, snake bit with the six overtime slash shootout losses. Ooh, that hurts. Troy Terry has emerged nicely. He's by far their best player right now. 22 goals on the season. Troy Terry, what is going on there? Wow. 22 goals. 36 total points. Great season for Troy Terry. Five game winners. Wow. Ricard Raquel, a lot of people like him a lot. Kevin Shattenkirk has had a nice renaissance of 20 points. He's one of those free agent pickups in fantasy that can help a team. Uh, Vinny Letary, Vinny Letary, former New York Ranger, former Gopher, and I believe he's a nephew of, uh, is he nephew or like grandnephew of <laughs> Lou Nanny? I believe he's related to Lou Nanny, if I remember correctly. I'm 99% sure he is. Vinny Letary, uh, awesome name, <laughs> five points, three goals on the season. Yep, Jamie Drys uh, Drysdale, not Drysdale, Drysdale. Obviously, he's he's getting better and better. Obviously, one of the extremely hot prospects uh, during the Marco Rossi draft, the 2020 draft. Very strong, uh, very very well, highly touted, and he's he's picking up the pace. He's getting better and better. So definitely, obviously, a guy to watch out for. Ryan Getzloff, the old wily veteran who can piss anybody off, and obviously he's a tough son of a gun. Uh, he was a headache to deal with, but the Wild still have been successful against the Anaheim Ducks lately. I think the Wild do sweep the Ducks. Low scoring, 3-2, to 2-1 two, two to type of day. Matt, uh, Matt Dumba most likely got a score. I want to look at Troy Terry for a second. It's going to mess everything up here. He was a fifth-round pick in 2015 from Denver, Colorado. So Troy Terry, one of those surprises who hasn't done a whole lot thus far. I mean, he's a guy who's made it to the NHL bottom six type of player, and then come bluey. Like, now he's just like, okay, I can play in this league. All right, well, good for you. Good for you, Troy Terry. Double T, fifth round pick, 148th overall by the Ducks, so at least he's theirs. Born in 97, which makes him 24 years old, going on 25 in early September. So, okay, I mean, late bloomer. It happens, and good for him. That's kind of cool. Good job, Troy Terry. Good job. 22 goals. Maybe it's just some little cute run that's going to come to an end. I don't know. But regardless, that's impressive. Uh, let's move on to the Colorado Avalanche. Minnesota beats the Ducks. 
in kind of one of those, again, those gritty, lower-scoring games, Cabo Kakonen gets his third win in a row for the Minnesota Wild. I don't expect Cam Tobot in net uh, in these two games. I, I just don't. And what for? Let uh, let uh, Kakonen get it done, and obviously Talbot. It sounds like the kind of injury that could nag a little bit. Minnesota has only played one game against Colorado this year, and it was a 4-1 to loss in Colorado. This one's in Colorado again, behind the 17th. What day of the week is that now? I'm blanking. Monday. Okay, that's right. And then we host the last two games, us, Minnesota, anyway, in Axel Energy Center the 27th of March and the 29th of April. Will be the wrap-up Colorado, as expected, hotter than hot, like they always are, except for the beginning of the season, I guess. 4-3 win versus Fleury and the Blackhawks. 7-1 demolition over Winnipeg, as their coach has resigned, unfortunately. Toronto Maple Leafs, who can score, but, man, it's an impressive team. But uh, Colorado, that was a fun game. Jan the 8th. That's hockey night tonight right there. 5-4 to four, epic battle with them. A 4-3 victory recently here or on Jan the 10th over the Seattle Kraken, who they're in almost every game, but they don't win like any of them. <laughs> Nashville Predators beat the Colorado Avalanche. Impressive Nashville Predators beat the Avalanche 5-4 to four victory as they are the number one team in the Western Conference right now. The Nashville Predators. Huge, huge surprise of the season. No question about it. Obviously a team with some talent, but guys that all, all kind of playing together at the same time, and it's just one of those magical runs. We'll see if it keeps up. They're actually two points ahead of Vegas, who started the season terribly, but Vegas is going to Vegas. They're, they're going to Vegas. They're going to, quote-unquote, roll the dice, and it's going to come in their favor until the Western Conference Finals, anyway. We'll see if that changes this season. They're, they're, let's see if old lady luck helps them out. Minnesota and Colorado have the best shooting percentage in the National Hockey League. That's cool. Colorado is number one in the league in goals for 142. Goals against their 20th, but that's what happens when you have Darcy Kemper, right? Okay, I know. Sorry, I had to say it. Seventh on the power play. Their penalty kill is 30th. 30th. Wow. They're second in assists. I don't usually talk about assists as much, but still, what an unbelievable offense. So it's safe to say they have the best offense in the NHL, and, well... What team would you pick? If if somebody came up to you and asked you, you know, Derek or or uh, Jay Bushy or, you know, anybody out there, what NHL team has the best offense? It'd be like Colorado. <laughs> you know, I mean, would you have to think about it? You know, maybe, maybe Vegas, but no, nah, they're kind of, they're kind of more of a balanced club. You know, they're, they're balanced. They're scoring and defense, you know, and kind of a bit of everything intangibles. Colorado is an offense that is to be reckoned with. No question about that. Uh, Minnesota, what? Yeah, we're going to... Man, yeah, we would be on the road in the playoffs now, which is sad. Which, again, I told you guys out there that we're getting all high and mighty about the standings. You know, don't don't worry about the standings in November. It's cool. Sure, it's cool. You could look at it. But, you know, I mean, it, it's November December. I mean, don't you want to win a championship once in a, just once? You know, I mean, my goodness. We had the North Stars in 67. We had the seven-year tribulation of no hockey in Minnesota, which sucked. We had the Moose for two years, but, you know, I mean, they were cool. But then they, instead of us getting the Winnipeg Jets, they, uh, the, the, the Moose moved to Winnipeg. It was like double bleep you, Minnesota. But then two years later, St. Paul was approved. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to win a championship, damn it. I want to win a championship. I want to compete for one. Hard work and having fun, bleep that. I want to win, you know, just like uh, Garen would say. 
Colorado, I don't know, man. It's obviously a deadly team. Darcy Kemper, he's mediocre at best. It's it's Darcy Kemper. I mean, that, that's that is a that is just an unfortunate turn of events for the Colorado Avalanche in the offseason. Gabriel Landeskog with COVID protocol. Yep. Along with nope, nobody else has a Bowen Bram Bram. Sorry, pardon me with personal reasons as of Jan 11. Okay. Darren Helm, lower body injury, left the game on Jan the 10th. But Gabriel Landeskog will very unlikely play in the game. COVID protocol is of Jan 10th, so very unlikely unless it was a false positive or what the heck, you know, rules change this and there's exceptions for that and then this guy's out until, you know, 2025. I don't know. Uh, Nazim Kadri is leading the club in overall scoring with 35 assists. Impressive season. Nazim Kadri. He has been absolutely dominant. 11 power play assists, 5 power play goals, 7 power play goals for Miko Ratnan. You could argue he's the MVP of Colorado in a lot of ways, even though Nathan McKinnon truly is, but he's missed a ton of time with injuries and such. All kinds of valuable players. Eric Johnson is still around. Eric Johnson, 2006 number one overall pick by the St. Louis Blues off of the Golden Gophers. It didn't end well in Minnesota. Alex Newhook, a very nice, exciting uh, prospect who, you know, he's, he's coming around slowly but surely. Uh, he's not anybody I can rip because, I mean, how many how many of the blue chip stars have, have been dominating the last uh, several years? None of them. None of them. The last, the last, the, I mean, the, the last one that's really been dominating is Kale McCarr, to be quite honest. He was a blue chip uh, prospect, and he's probably about the best player in the NHL right now. I mean, he's a Hart Trophy candidate. He's the MVP. Why am I calling Ratnan the MVP? But of the wingers, he's uh, Miko Ratnan and Kadri have just been crazy good. Um, and Kale McCarr, he uh, put on a show. He's like, uh, I don't know who to compare him to. I mean, Bobby Orr? I mean, he, he might he might be in that territory by the end of his career. He's just unreal. I love him. I, I, I just wish he was here. That's all. Selfishly, I wish he was with Minnesota. And I'm sure the rest of us do as well. And, of course, of all teams, it had to be the freaking Avalanche. You already have a ton of talent. So, you know, isn't that how it is? Oh, you know, the Lakers, you know, the most glitzy team in the NBA with all the Yeah, Kobe Bryant is their draft pick. You know, yeah, Kobe Bryant, like, wound up there. It's just like, oh, that figures, you know. <laughs> That's how that goes. Oh, yeah, and LeBron James signs there as a free agent, you know, years later, many years later. Many, many years later, a generation later. <laughs> um... But what am I talking about? Just Colorado. Obviously, the rich get richer once they got him, Kale McCarr. But uh, goaltending has been a problem. They've been giving up goals. It's been a frustration. I've been babbling way too much. Colorado will beat the Wild 4-2. to two. Unfortunately, the most likely guy to score in the game is going to be... Should I pick... Uh, let's go with Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala will score both goals for the Wild. Uh, Kevin Fiala is due for a multi-goal game, and he will have what? at the end of the day. Let's look at the prospects now. And as per usual, we will open things up with the Iowa Wild. Marco Rossi sent back down to Iowa, at least for now. We'll see what happens. It says Matthew Bo- yeah, Matthew Boldy with a taxi squad. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I got to think Boldy will be on the NHL roster against the Ducks. Rossi was sent to the minors, maybe just to kind of keep playing since of the break, but uh, I don't know, maybe Marco Rossi, I guess he's going to be back in Iowa, which is fine, I suppose. It is what it is. Iowa hasn't played in a, a good number of days. 
unfortunately. And they did have a, well, no, I'm thinking about the Iowa Hardlanders. They finally scored a few goals after sucking so bad, Iowa Hardlanders, <laughs> and they won 9-1 to in their most recent game, which is pretty damn crazy. Yeah, Iowa lost 2-6 to several days ago, back on Saturday. 2-6 to loss. Yeah, but uh, the guy that's been picking it up of late continuously is Adam Beckman. Multi-goal, uh, multi-point games during the course of time are just kind of a point here and there. But generally speaking, he's been one of the more consistent guys. And Ivan Ladnia scoring his first goal. He's now in the AHL. Uh, he's been kind of all over the place. But he played for the Chicago Wolves. He scored his first AHL goal ever. And against Iowa after being disappointing for Minnesota and Iowa, so to speak, all this time. Uh, Adam Beckman... And Joe Hicketts have kind of been the best players, you could say, the past few days, the past few weeks anyway. Uh, Nick Sweeney is at 18 points. Hicketts at 18. Kyle Rowe. And obviously with the long break, you figure you want to get some of these guys on the ice. Why just uh, have them sit around, you know, and be disappointed. I'll be frustrated, this and that. Uh, Hunter Jones is back in the AHL rather than up here with the emergency taxi squad situation. But, yeah, Marco Rossi was sent to the minors a few days back. Andrew Hammond is on the taxi squad because of the, yep, that was several days ago now because of the, uh, you know, the injury situation. John Merrill also extended three years, which I didn't even talk about in the first segment. I knew there was something else. John Merrill, three-year extension, 3.6, so basically a 1.3 average. So, yep, they'll be ta- we'll be talking about that a bit in the fan interaction segment. I believe there's at least one question about that. Uh, not too much, though, so that's the cool part. So now it gets interesting with the taxi squad and guys coming back and all that from injuries and sickness and such. So it's going to get interesting to see who the actual, who's actually going to be on which roster as we move forward. That's where it gets a little weird and complicated. But generally speaking, Iowa, nothing too exciting. Obviously a 6-2 to two loss quite a few days ago now and haven't played since. So that's kind of annoying. I'm getting sick of the long layoffs. Getting sick of them. Like, just play, damn it. Play, play, play. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's getting frustrating. Let me tell you. Uh, again, Iowa Heartlanders with that 9-1 to victory a few days back. And that was their most recent game again. Just more layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. It's just uh, about a 9-1 to victory over the Rapid City Rush. How many minor league affiliates have we had? We had the Rapid City Rush, you know, in the ECHL. It's like every year it's a different ECHL team. We had the Rapid City Rush. We had the Allen Americans. Uh... I think we had the, yeah, we had the uh, Louisiana Ice Skaters back in the day. Jeez, did we have the Orlando Solar Bears, too? We might have the Solar Bears. Instead of, it's like a polar bear with sunglasses. I like that. That's a cool idea. I think that's cool. Orlando Solar Bears. Um, Jake Smith had five points in the game. But the one I'm concerned with is Bryce My, uh, Misley. Three assists, right? Three assists for Bryce Misley. So he's like the main, obviously the main prospect in the... Uh, ECHL, he's got 20 total points, 12 assists now on the year. He's, he is a center. He's still only 21 years of age, so there's still a shot. Hunter Jones is in the AHL, not in the ECHL. Otherwise, Feder Gordiev was a familiar name. I bet he's a bit frustrated. But he's only 22 years of age. He was a, I believe he was the first ever free agent signing by Bill Guerin. Still only 22 years of age, so there's always a chance. And Misley being only 21, there's a chance. There's a chance they could climb up from the ECHL all the way to the National Hockey League, but again, it's, it's unlikely. NHL or, you know, hockey purgatory could be that way. Hovenov's become a bit of a purgatory guy as well with six games and only one point in the AHL. It's it's a damn shame. He was so good 
in the queue, and I had so much fun c- covering him, keeping up with him from uh, Minnesota Wild Prospects, which is now Young Guns. Young Guns. The change has been made, the change of the logo, uh, because the, the M, I guess, the M was like the Minnesota Wild M, you know, exactly like it. So Twitter, like, did something to, yeah, there was some kind of a ban, unfortunately. So the uh, MNW Prospects is now Young Guns. It's very cool. Really happy to be a part of that still. And I'm going to change the, I'm going to uh, have the the, uh, minute, uh, the Brave the Wild logo changed as well, unfortunately, because, I mean, it doesn't get more, <laughs> I couldn't violate the whole logo thing worse basically so and i apologize that i've been doing that so long it's like it just didn't you know the lo- the original logo was not made for me i'm not really a graphics person i i wish i was i think it'd be cool but it's just not my expertise i'm i'm a behind the mic and production kind of guy i'm not you know every little thing <laughs> every little thing in the book i'm behind the mic and production you know like where you you know you edit and produce and all that um <laughs> it's that type of thing, so I need help with that, and I appreciate it. Uh, Bubble Bennett has offered to help with that, and because he did a fantastic job with the new Young Guns logo, looks awesome. And uh, if uh, Pavel is able to do that, it's I appreciate it so much. I, I really do. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I mean the good job you do with Young Guns. I can imagine you know Brave the Wild's going to look pretty cool as well. I can imagine that for sure. Um, so yep, yeah, that's a big thing. Young Guns. Other than that, again, Connor DeWers, like, you know, Taxi Squad, all of that. It's kind of crazy. Let's get to college. Jack McBain, 24 points in 18 games. College is back. Gophers again swept Michigan State, which Andy feel great, but we don't have any Gophers in the uh, uh, grapevine, unfortunately. But Boston College is all kinds of go- uh, Minnesota wild prospects. 24 points in 18 games, 13 of them goals for Jack McBain, and he's a possible Olympian going forward for the United States. Possible Olympian, Jack McBain, as they might be college players, and he'd probably be a good one. I gotta think. Um, Sam Henkes, uh, Henches, pardon me, he'd missed some games, but now he's picking up the pace. Nine points in seven games. He's been extremely efficient in the time he's been healthy, and he's one of the leaders on that uh, squad, obviously, being a veteran, a senior now. Sam Henches, expect him to skate for Iowa in the spring, uh, depending on when the St. Cloud season ends. Maybe they'll be national champions champions this year as they couldn't finish it last year. They, they went all the way, but lost to Philip Lindbergh, who's now with the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. Damn it. <laughs> Nikola, Nikita Nestorenko continues to get better and better and better. It's a gradual process, but he's only a sophomore, uh, and I had so much fun covering him with the Chiliwack Chiefs. Cool name, cool logo, British Columbia Hockey League. Unfortunately, it feels like a long time ago already because it's been two years. Damn it. Brooklyn, New York native Nikita Nestorenko. 16 points in 19 games. Very productive as he continues to get better. Now a sophomore with Boston College. Uh, Marshall Warren. Yeah, he's been picking up the numbers. He's definitely on pace for career highs and everything except penalty minutes and plus minus thus far. Because <clears throat> as a freshman, he was a 22 plus minus with 11 points. As a sophomore, uh, 13 plus minus with 11 points as a junior 18 games 11 points all right here we go so we'll see we'll see what happens there i definitely expect career highs for marshall warren as he'll get a full season this time last year 23 and only 23 games 11 points that is better than his freshman year because less games and all that but Likely we'll have a full season. Maybe we could get 20 points, Marshall Warren. It'd be nice. A, a stay-at-home defenseman with, with a ton of skill, though, with with an ability to pick up the scoring at a moment's notice. It can be quite exciting, actually. 
once he gets rolling. Pavel Novak, let's get to the gear in Eric, people. <laughs> That's always exciting. Pavel Novak with 34 points in 27 games for the Kelowna Rockets of the Western Hockey League. Nice to have him in North America because he is going to be something. A lot of people are very excited. Damon Hunt, everyone's a fan of this guy. His numbers, he was on a red-hot start. He slowed down a little bit, but don't be surprised if he picks it up again later. He's certainly way better in the plus-minus category after being a minus-12 last year, a plus-3 this year. He's on pace for about the same points as last year, <clears throat> if not slightly less. But I, I got to think he's going to pick it up, and of course there'll be more games played. Ryan O'Rourke is now at 20 points after being at 19, and there was that shut down for a while, unfortunately, which was frustrating. And of course, you know, the Christmas break and all that. 17 assists with three goals, 20 points in 23 games. Definitely showing production on every level and a captain type of guy. Everybody loves what Ryan O'Rourke can bring. Who's Nadinov? The games keep happening, but the points haven't been. Now he's at 31 games at 11 points. He, he, I, swear he, I swear he had 11 points when he played in like 17 games, maybe 19 games or something. It's been a definitely a drought for Huznadinov. But at least he's healthy and playing. Thank you, Lord, for that. Nate Benoit. <laughs> the points have been growing about as fast as uh, hairs on something. I mean, just very slowly. Yeah, just slowly, let's just say. He's got four, though, now. Now he's got four. He, he added another point in 28 games, but he's a plus 12 for the Tri-City Storm for Bo, the, the Bo New Hampshire native at under 20, Nate Benoit, you know, continuing to gradually move along offensively. Carson Lambos hasn't played in forever for the Winnipeg Ice, unfortunately, so we'll move on from that. Still at 19 points in, I messed up, 19 points, no, 18 points in 19 games. Yeah, I knew I had something wrong. And I'm going way off here. Yeah, but Carson Lambos obviously still extremely exciting prospect. Jack Pert has really picked it up lately. Uh, of course, yeah. And as uh, we got college hockey to resume again, still only 18 years of age, 11 points in only 13 games as a freshman. A freshman defenseman. Very exciting. Jack Pert is a guy to really keep an eye on as the years go by. That could be, you know, he, he, he could be, you know, maybe a way higher scoring version of uh, Jared Spurgeon someday. Or just a you know, maybe he'll end up being better than Addison, or he could be uh, another Addison type on the left side, maybe a better version of him, though. Uh, but I'm really impressed with Jack Pert thus far. Only a freshman at St. Cloud State, and he's extremely productive. So that's a guy to get excited about. Kadian Bankier, he was he was off to a good start, but he certainly slowed down, and he's on pace for, well, his scoring pace is significantly less than last year, unfortunately, the uh, center for the Kamloops Blazers, Kamloops Loops Blazers, 18 years of age, though, still super young, 25 points, 31 games. Last year, he had more than a point a game, so that's unfortunate. Kyle Mostas, 10 points in 34 games. He's been quiet lately. And Josh Pilar will uh, <laughs> last, and certainly not least. He's also on a slower pace than last year after being on a red-hot pace for a while. He had 29 points in 22 games last year. Right now, 29 games, 31 points. So definitely a slower pace, lower plus-minus. I don't know. It's a it, That's a bummer, but i got to think things will pick up for Josh Pilar. I, he, he is an NHL prospect. A lot of people do see him as a really nice dark horse candidate for a fourth-round pick to make it to the National Hockey League someday because there's definitely, definitely talent there. But unfortunately, it's slowed down of late. That should wrap things up with the prospects at the moment. So we'll take a break and get to fan interaction.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Let's get to it right away. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, hashtag BTWMN, hashtag BTWMN, and all I got to do is click latest after looking up the hashtag, and then everything will be organized and ready to roll. Also, quick note here, MNW Prospects, that is still going to be the Twitter, uh, that is still going to be the... uh, Twitter account at MNW Prospects, but it'll say MNW Young Guns as the title and the logo. It looks really nice. Pavel did a great job. Gotta get to Vigit really quick. The Vigit application, V I G I T, V I G I T. It is basically fantasy betting. Social it's an application for Apple and Android devices. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book, bet free coins, win real prizes. So you like those national things like the NBC Predictor app. Um, betting stats. There is great information available on Vigit Like Line Movement where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering. This is not real money wagering. So it's kind of like fantasy betting. Uh, crypto.com. Please get on that if you could. There is a link in the show description. Click on that. And you can get your account started, and both of us would get $25, which would then help this show quite a bit, i got to think. In fact, it really would. Continue to get better and better equipment, and all that would help this show in a big way. Better audio, better this, better that. Um, now, even better would be if this could just be a full-time job, and <laughs> that would be even better. But obviously, yeah, that's a little bit crazy thought. Derek Felska opens up the questions on at Brave the Wild, and again, the hashtag BTWMN. Prospect winger Alexander Hovanov, yep, there he is, was a healthy scratch for the Iowa Wild during a game where they were already short forwards. Is he in real danger of being considered a bust? I think so, unfortunately. It looks like there was also an additional comment. Yep, Ray, Ray Pruven says he'll never make it to the NHL. Derek says, at this point, I'd agree with you. It's still a shame, though. I think it is, too, because he was pretty highly touted. He wasn't taken super high, what, second round? But, you know, still high enough, high enough, and he looked looked really damn good. Is he another one of those guys who gets to the, you know, who dominates the juniors and then doesn't do a whole lot after that, kind of like, you know, Dmitry Sokolov. Uh, People already kind of knew where he was heading in a lot of ways. That's why he slipped to the seventh round, kind of that, uh, you know, just not real ambitious person, unfortunately, and I wish he was. Hovanov, I don't know if it's just he doesn't get along with coaches, and then and that kind of has led to a, a worse and worse attitude over the course of time. I then shared the news about uh, Merrill being signed. The old Larry Bird himself from Oklahoma City. Isn't that cool? I think that's cool. Oklahoma City, and he has that Larry Bird look. And he loves Larry Bird um, as well. And that just earned my respect right away. I, I like the guy, and he's a good player, too. He's a good player. I don't hear anybody complaining about him. $1.3 million, I'm not too upset about that. Derek was saying, have a Minnesota Wild question on your mind especially as parts of the roster return to health, ask Brave the Wild and just tag hashtag BTWMN and ask away. Yep, thank you very much, Derek. And Derek leads things off again and says, at, excuse me, the Philadelphia Flyers game just had, or had just three players under COVID protocol, but postponed a game. Our team's using the situation to gain a competitive advantage. And is the NHL sort of picking and choosing of who can do this and who cannot? I think it's, yeah, I think so, too. Because, yeah, like you're saying competitive advantage versus, like, the Wild had how many people out? Like, eight? And it wasn't for COVID. It wasn't just COVID. It was, like, a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think that is kind of cheating the system a little bit. 
And unfortunately, it seems like people are doing that in all shapes and sizes and all walks of life. People are cheating and cheating and cheating in every way they can whenever there's some kind of a, a benefit of some kind. Like, I don't I don't have to go to work. Uh -huh, I can get paid for it. I, I just, I have no respect for that BS. Let me tell you, I have no respect for it at all. Uh, next, next thing before I get too dark and angry here. <laughs> Derek says, as you know, Mega Man has some great music. Yes, I do. And this show and this show loves Mega Man. Brave the Wild loves Mega Man. You know why? Mega Man looks like a hockey player, doesn't he? Doesn't he look like a hockey player? All he's missing is skates and a stick, basically. You know, with the helmet and the you know the little the little the little uh, eye eye protector thing, and uh, you know the the visor, the eye visor, and all that. That's basically all he's missing. He looks like a hockey player. But I'll digress where I need to be. As you know, Mega Man has some great music. What NHL team currently has the best goal song, in your opinion? Which team has the worst? That one is kind of tough. Uh, which Mega Man song? Uh, let's get uh, first question. The best goal song? Uh, maybe maybe Vegas. I mean, I, I kind of like the whole production when Vegas scores. I think it's pretty cool. Minnesota's obviously a lot of fun as well. I mean, it's fun. It's it's not the best song ever, but it's it's okay. The worst might be uh, call, uh, Chicago, not because it's a bad song, but because we're sick of hearing it. That type of thing. That da 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 da. You know that. Yeah, you get sick of hearing that. The Chelsea. Yep. So we'll just say that's the worst because we're sick of it. You know, and uh, Patrick Kane would get his uh, hat trick for Patrick. You know, or Jonathan Taves would get a hat trick, or three nothing Colorado with seven minutes into the first period. Game one of the, you know, uh, second round, division round in NHL. It's like, it's 3 nothing in the first period. With 13, you know, it's just like, are you serious? This is bullcrap. Come on. Wasn't that depressing? And you'd hear that song just like taunting you. Like, ha, 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 ha. You know, that's basically what it felt like to me. We're the Blackhawks and you're the Wild. Ha, ha. Oh, it drove me nuts. So, which Mega Man song was the best besides Air Man? Which one was the worst? Which song was the best besides Airman? And which one was the worst? Hmm. Yep, because Airman is the theme song of Brave the Wild. The best of all the Mega Mans, it's got to be Elect Man or, or Magnet Man. That uh, Elect Man is so good. And even, I, I swear, faithfully from Journey, it, that that's Elect Man, isn't it? That da, 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 da. <laughs> faithfully, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I swear that's where that came from, but it's it's really nice. Uh, Elect Man is a beautiful song. Um, and the worst? Probably something in the I got Mega Man X range. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, the, the Flash Man one isn't the most interesting, that, uh, but actually it's okay. It's just not my favorite, maybe. Um, hard, hard Man? I don't know. Hard Man is okay. No, that one's actually good. It's tough. It's tough to really pick a worst one. Maybe Flashman's kind of like the most the, the most boring, or the middle Doctor Wily stages in Mega Man Two. It's yeah, that's a really boring song. It's just da 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 da. It's just nothing, and it just loops over and over again. So that's kind of boring. Uh, next. Derek says, as wild players return to the lineup, are we going to wish some of the new combinations we discovered while they were perhaps better for this team than we had? Let me see that again. 
As wild players return to the lineup, are we going to wish some of the new combinations we discovered? Well, they were perhaps better for this team than what we had. Uh, it's, it's possible, yeah, the different combinations of players. Yeah, I, I think that is possible. And it, it's unfortunate at times. So, yep, you, get, you bring guys back, and then it's actually, you know, you could argue that what we had when they were out is actually slightly better, you know, the different combinations and such. So I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that for a minute. I want to look up that song real quick here. Here's the one I'm talking about, the boring one. It's not that bad, but it's like, eh, you know. It's like, duh, yeah, it's just very repetitive. You could argue this one's the best if I'm going the right direction here. There we go. That That's one of the best. Yeah. Stanley Cup playoffs, baby. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Okay. Sorry. Okay, I had to. Yeah, luckily I've got the files here ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I, I had to do that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, hey, you, you, you got me going, right? Which is good. That's the whole point of fan interaction. Get me going, get you going. But yeah, I mean, combinations, yeah. I mean, there's certain... I mean, I want to see Rossi Boldy play together. Or just, you know, Fiala and Fiala and Boldy. And I, one of my favorite lineups would be Rossi Boldy. And Fiala. I think that's an awesome possible second line. And then you have Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Hartman, or, or Eck at the top. It's just, wow. There's a lot of potential. Brian Herrera says, with the Wild getting back on track, even though missing so many players, who do you think is the rookie who stays with the team when the core players return, Rossi or Boldy? And one more. Okay, I'll, I'll do the bo- I'll do the first one. Uh, Boldy. Boldy is the most likely guy to stay. Rossi, I think they want to keep, you know, as they say, uh, let him cook in the AHL a little more, you know, until he's really, really, truly ripe and ready to rock and roll. I think Boldy's ripe. I think he's ready to go. I think Boldy's NHL material. Now, um, next question is from, you know, Brian Herrero. says, uh, and one more. Will they play the Hamburglar or ride Capo until Talbot returns? I'm guessing it's going to be Capo. I wouldn't mind seeing Hamburglar out there, but I, the way things have operated in the NHL, particularly when goalies get hurt, I think it is going to be Capo, and he's been damn good. Um, it'd be fun to see Hamburglar, though, as long as he performs. He's been fantastic in the AHL. Two more. M.N. Johan says, So absolutely not ideal. It's so absolutely not ideal to have this many players out. But who of the AHLers will benefit the most from this extended look? Um, generally Rossi to see kind of like, you know, he's getting, he, he was able to get his feet wet to get to play in the National Hockey League and the fact he was able to pickpocket Charlie Coyle and really he, he looked the part. He didn't look like he was in over his head out there. So I think he did benefit. Like, okay, yeah, I, I can do it. So if and when, you know, if, you know, if he's going to be in the AHL a little longer when he does come back to the NHL and there will be a win, um, He's, he's got nothing to fear. You know, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Here comes the tsunami. Uh, you know, a tsunami's going to run me over here tonight. No, uh, I think Rossi's benefiting in a big way. A lot of the others, they're kind of career minor leaguers, you know, this and that. It's not trying to be rude or mean to them. It's just unfortunately true. Like the Kyle Rouse and such. You, you, as Mike Zimmer might say, I, I see him every day, you know. Maybe that's a little too harsh, but <laughs> it's kind of like that. Derek Felska will wrap up the fan interaction segment with, with uh, he says, with money and cap space being tight the next four seasons. Were you surprised the Wild committed itself for another three years to John Merrill? 
yeah, yes and no. Uh, apparently, he's just he's really good in the locker room. He's a really positive influence on the team, and he he play he doesn't make mistakes, and he's not that expensive. It's one point three million. So obviously, there's a commitment there, but it's somebody it's somebody you can trust. I think that's the number one thing. It's somebody you can trust rather than you know it's going to be like three three rookies out there this and that. It's somebody with experience that you can trust out there that's going to that's going to hold his own. He's going to hold down the fort so to speak. And you know, he's not he's not all that expensive. It's less than 2 million, it's less than one and a half a year. Uh, so and you know, if it comes to it, you could trade him if you really really have to, but you know, I don't think it's going to I don't think he's I don't think it's going to be a huge problem generally speaking. I I hope <laughs> I hope it's not a big deal. General I I hope it's not because obviously you do want every little penny you can get, but again, you got to have somebody you can trust to be a third pair defenseman and even move up to two, depending on the uh, you know the injuries like Bergine and such left shot defenseman. So yeah, Merrill definitely has value, and I've liked him very much. I think Jordy Ben's most likely to to not be back out of the uh, you know the free agent signings in the off season at the end of the day, um, and I'm 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 guessing you'd agree with that, but. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Merrill is somebody who's worth keeping at the moment. And it's the left shot. We don't have as many prospects that are ready to roll. We're the right shot. You know, it's Kalen Addison. You know, you could keep saying that name a hundred times. We we had Brennan Mendel for a while as well. But, you know, we, we, we know how that went, unfortunately. Wishing Mendel the best, of course. I'm kind of curious how he's doing, honestly. Let's see if I, yeah, how is Brennan Mendel doing? Toronto Marley's two points. What the heck? What the heck? Yeah, he was absolutely dominant in the KHL. Not well, yeah, pretty much. Two points in the AHL. Ooh, that's that's really sad. Damn it, Brandon Mendel was like a 40, 45 point player in the AHL with uh, Iowa. So, hmm, the plot thickens. Yuck, that sucks. With that said, though, that should be about it. Otherwise, please do call into the show. I'd really, really appreciate it if you call in. Just use your free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Open it. Press record. Comment away. Comment. You know, say something mean about me. No, I hope not. But if you really want to, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, try to keep it clean, hopefully. But no, generally speaking, you know, like, let's let's talk some hockey. Call in. I will then, uh, yep, after that, hit stop. Share it slash Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to zamzar.com. Really appreciate the service they bring for this show and my other shows. Uh, very, very final thing. Please please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, or Audible. Those are the three apps that actually let you do that. I think others might, but I'm not exactly sure. It's kind of been a back-and-forth thing with that. But those three I know for sure do. Uh, please write a positive rating for the show if you could. It makes it more attractive to potential listeners in the future. Outside of that, thank you so much for listening to the show. Tell your friends about it. Hopefully Minnesota continues to play better and better as guys get healthier. And welcome back to Real Kaprizov. Kaprizov.